In today's pod, a special look at the two most popular Medigap plans, Plan N versus Plan G. And we got some quick updates too. Let's go. Everybody, welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. I'm your host, Jay O. I am the author of Maximize Your Medicare, Qualify for Benefits, Protect Your Health, and Minimize Your Costs, published by Allworth Press this year. You can get it on Amazon. I guess you can buy anything on Amazon. You can also get it at your local bookstore. They'll be able to order it and get it back to you in a couple of days. You know, actually, I'm running a special offer, and I didn't mention it on the past podcast, and it's a referral special. Basically, the way it works is if you know someone who is turning 65 throughout the rest, the remainder of the year, you can send me an email to jae at maximizeyourmedicare.com, and you can provide your name and your shipping address and your friend's name. Your friend has to reach out to me, and when they do, that person does, I will send you the book free, and I'm going to pay for shipping. Offers good only in the 48 continuous, contiguous, continuous, inside the 48 United States, you know, continental United States. There you go. And there's no strings attached. And the reality is, is your friend doesn't even have to become a client of mine, even though I've got clients in pretty much every corner of the country. There are rules against that. No problem. Anyway, the normal two caveats. Today's not financial advice. And please keep up to date. The reason is that things change. The math changes. The math of money changes, meaning that something that was efficient three years ago is no longer efficient today. The market moves. The carriers are adjusting all the time. All the time. That's something to keep in mind because I know that people listen to old podcasts, and that is fine to get the general idea about particular situations. However, the situation may have changed. You'll need to adapt. Two segments today, one short one, one long one. The first one is just the update on what's in the headlines. So nothing too dramatic here with COVID, except that it has come to light, something that I mentioned on the last podcast, bears repeating here which is that it looks like COVID has created a situation where the carriers, insurance companies, are waiving the cost sharing for testing. Now, you know, it's been pointed out in the media, and, you know, that does make sense, which is that that is true if and only if you are exhibiting symptoms. So you can know that, you know, the real issue here about the spread of COVID is the fact that somebody can be a carrier and spreading it to you without exhibiting any outward symptoms, which is, of course, the cause of worry. The reality is the carriers are saying, fine, it, they're going to, your cost sharing, your copay can be zero for COVID testing, but only if you're exhibiting outward sy- symptoms, which is a subtle but important difference. The second one is that June 30th is approaching very, very quickly. June 30th is the end of the Medicare special enrollment period. 
It is a special enrollment period which had been extended from the end of March, basically, through to the end of June. So I had posted other videos as well as trying to explain this on the Maximizer Medicare newsletter about the five things you can do quickly. What are they? A, you can cancel your Medicare Advantage plan and switch to another one. That is possible. There can be reasons to do so. For example, you find out to your network that one of your healthcare providers is actually out of network or moves out of network or a doctor that you want to see and is newly discovered is in network at another plan. Number two is you can cancel your Medicare Advantage plan completely and return back to Medicare Part A and Part B. Now, I'm not going to tell you if this is a good idea or not, but it is possible. There can be instances where this is advisable for you. That is possible. Please remember, Medicare A and B alone do not have an annual out-of-pocket limitation. Third, if you cancel your Medicare Advantage plan and return to original Medicare Part A and Part B, that also allows you to select a Part D plan without restriction. So that's number three. Four, you can apply for Medigap. Now, the reason I put it in here is the reality is is you can apply for Medigap anytime throughout the year. You can switch Medigap plans, for example. However, this is a special period. Why? It's because then you can have your prescription portion filled at the same time that starts on the same time, which would be July 1st. It's important here. You need to get your acceptance into Medigap first. And the reason I say that is that Medigap carriers can ask you underwriting questions. And unless you qualified for something called guaranteed issue or guaranteed acceptance, which are other clauses which allow you to get accepted into Medigap without medical underwriting, if you do not have these, then you can get the medical questions. What I don't want to see is I don't want you to have your Medigap application rejected and also had canceled your Medicare Advantage plan because you don't get to uncancel your Medicare Advantage plan. You don't. And so now that would leave you without extra health benefits and in addition to that expose you to the unlimited out-of-pocket maximum under Medicare Part A and Part B alone. Last thing is that the time has been extended that you can enroll in Part B. And, well, the reality is you can enroll in Part A and Part B. But for most persons, the most applicable one is that persons who have not enrolled in Part B for whatever set of reasons, okay, in other words, persons who thought, okay, well, I'm just going to use COBRA for 18 months and then turn on my Medicare Part B after COBRA for 18 months. Well, you find out that COBRA only worked for eight months. It didn't work for all 18 months. Those are types of persons who have missed the time window in order to enroll in Part B without penalty. Now's the chance. I can't turn off the Part B penalty. You'd have to be a beneficiary of Medicaid or some other financial system like Medicaid 
some one of the grades of Medicaid in order to turn off the Part B late enrollment penalty. So I told you that, you know, there weren't very many things to keep you up to date on in the, in the headlines. The reality is there are always things topical around Medicare. Today I'm going to discuss Medigap and specifically Plan N and Plan G and the comparison for newcomers to Medicare. So basically, you know, Medicare can, the original Medicare, the federal Medicare card can be thought of as kind of a very good chassis to a car. That's kind of the analogy I generally draw. You know, it is a very good, inexpensive uh, for most persons that are not subject to IRMA. You know, it's a very inexpensive, very good chassis to a car. That said, much like a car's chassis, it doesn't have the full set of safety features. And for that, there are basically two groups of plans, two types of plans. It's important to remember, keep this separate, types of plans, which can cover or work in combination with your federal card to pay for what the original Medicare card, the chassis, does not pay. And those two are Medicare Advantage, which is sometimes known as Medicare Part C, although I don't hear it referred to in that way as much. Anyway, these plans are managed care plans. There are networks involved. Frequently, they include prescription drug benefits. We will leave the comparison and thought process about Medicare Advantage plans to another time. The other type is called Medigap, Medicare Supplement, Medicare Supplemental, those three terms all meaning the same thing for the second type. Inside that type, there are a number of different plans. Plans A through N. A through N. Okay, and so I spend a fair amount of time in Maximize Your Medicare that you can understand, you know, what happens if you are a policyholder of Medicare plans A through N. And I go through there, et cetera, et cetera. And today I'm not going to hash out every last detail, but basically, you know, these are standardized plans that, you know, plan F has been, you know, eliminated for new mem for persons who have not enrolled in part A and part B prior to January of 2020. So no longer available to someone turning 65 now. Uh, and then in addition to that, I'm going to tell you there's no network, meaning that anyone that accepts Medicare, the federal card will accept the Medigap plan and that rates increase, but not on, on your own claims, but on the set of fellow policyholders claims as well in your location. And finally, the only one that can cancel is you. In other words, coverage stays the same over time and only you can cancel your Medigap plan. The carrier can never eject you, period. So these are all the same thing across all of the plans, all of the plans. The two most popular plans now, now that plan F no longer ex exists, are plans G and plan N. So there's a grid of what is covered and plan G, plan N, may look very, very similar, and they are quite similar. For example, all of your 
Part A deductible is paid. Um, under Part B, your coinsurance and copayments are paid, your blood, et cetera, et cetera. They differ in only really two ways. The first way is that the Plan G covers the Part B excess charge, Plan N does not. Plan G has no office visit or emergency room copay. Plan N has up to $20 for office visit and up to $50 for emergency room visit. Does this mean that you get charged if you own Plan N every single time you go to the doctor? No, but the doctors or healthcare provider does have that ability to do so if you go for an office visit, as does the emergency room. They are, they are able to bill you. Under Plan G, that is not possible. So, you know, these, other than that, very, very similar. Now, the, the question then, of course, is, well, what's the difference in price? And there's no doubt that Plan N, as a result, is less expensive. And in many, most states in the country, for example, you can find Plan N for a female turning 65 in the low 90s a month. Okay, And that is, of course, a very attractive price premium because you can see the total premium under Medicare then, 144.60 for Part B, 90 for Plan N. Let's call it Part D at 30, 33, something like that. Your approximate total premium in the 260s. Now, you can't compare that to someone 64.9 years who is having to buy their own health insurance. Either the plan they got at 267.60 would have been subsidized by the federal government under the Affordable Care Act, or you, if the person didn't qualify for Medicaid expansion or lived in a non-Medicaid expansion state, you're talking about every bit of $1,500 a month, and in many locations, so notably more than that. Let's just go to Plan G. Plan G uh, can be $100 a month. That is certainly something that I've seen in many locations around the country. Males, $115 to $130 a month. So you can see that Plan G does cost more than Plan N. So if you had carrier number one, certainly Plan G would be more expensive than Plan N. And then the question is, okay, well, then why don't I always choose Plan N? And I explained it, right, which is that there are certain things, there are certain situations that Plan N doesn't cover you. And, or, and by what I mean by doesn't cover you is you still owe cash under Plan N. So let's just take a quick example. If you have an office visit and you go to five a year, well, that's $100. So if you took the $100 on office visits that you spend using Plan N, you divided through by 12, what you get is $8.25, right? 12 times 8.25 is 100. And if you go to one emergency room visit, you know, just one, and let's say they don't charge you the full 50, they charge you $25. Well, that's the same as $2 and change a month. 
So you see how I'm adding the two? Eight and two is $10.25 a month. So what used to be the advantage of plan N as far as price goes, let's call let's say that the plan N costs $20 less a month than plan G. Well, half of it, $10.25 is gone away as a result of the copays for office visit and your one trip to the emergency room, which may or may not happen in a year. So what drops out then is where's the remainder of the money? So right, I said 1025 accounts for office visits and projected emergency room visit. And I realize that everyone's a different situation, but it's the same thought process. Because you can see then the Part B excess charge was something that I mentioned under Plan G, which is covered, which is not covered under Plan N. And that, by our math of money, our little example here, is $9.75. Right? So everybody got it? $20 was the difference in monthly premium. Okay? Well, I can account for $10.25 of that due to office visits. And let's presume that's what I'm going to incur. Well, what's left? Why am I still paying more for Plan N? It can only be explained by the last remaining item, which is the Part B excess charge. Let's go to what the Part B excess charge actually is. So the Part B excess charge occurs because the healthcare provider can legally charge more 15% above the Medicare-approved amount. So first, you need to understand what Medicare-approved amount is, right? That is like the sticker price of MSRPs. So joint replacement surgery, left knee, it has an MSRP. The doctor can charge for Part B services 15% more than the MSRP, right? And that is totally legal. That is allowable. There are states which disallow this, you know, by, by law, there are states that disallow this. Let's say the doctor charges it, and let's just take an example. Joint replacement surgery, Medicare approved amount, $30,000, and I'm probably low there. The Part B excess, possible Part B excess, could be 15% of $30,000. And for you mathematicians, this is $4,500. Under Plan G, Medigap pays. Under Plan N, you pay. And that is the value of this, what goes on here in, inside of the Part B excess charge. Sometimes what I hear from people is, you know, this never happens. This never happens. And let me just go through some scenarios here on how it could happen and why. And the reality is, is that what you're going to come up with is these are not like far-fetched. These are not far-fetched at all. A, pressure on the Medicare system. Let's call it demographic pressure, right? Somebody makes me Medicare czar. I call up every doctor and say, you're all taking a 1% pay cut. Do immediately in 2021. Why? I need to make the numbers fit. There are 60 million Medicare beneficiaries. 
our budget is the federal budget is running red, just got more deeply red if that were possible, with real no no real end to sight. And oh yeah, by the way, one of the presidential candidates is proposing to lower the Medicare eligibility age from 65 to 60. My point is there is tremendous demographic and fiscal pressure. Tremendous. The only one of the possible solutions is push down your payments to the providers. Simple. Second, there's pressure on the doctors. So just ask yourself, who wants to be a primary care physician in small-town America? That person's educational debt is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay? Hundred, something like the average medical school debt portion is like $150,000. So that presumed that you know, they had to go to college. So there's those four years on top of that. The pressure is so great, for those of you who don't know, that there is such thing as physician's mortgage. And pretty simple to understand why that is, because if you took a physician's you know, financial statements about himself, the amount of income, the amount of indebtedness, the risks that they face, you, don't make, <laughs> you may not make the loan to the doctor for a house. For that, there's something called physician's mortgage. Let's go on to a third one which is that the pressure on hospitals. So we've already covered, and I've just, you know, scratched the surface. Pressure on the Medicare system, pressure on the doctors, pressure on the hospitals. So the fact is that there are lower payment rates at hospitals under Medicare than under your group insurance or individual insurance. And the reality is that's for inpatient care, which is part A. So I don't find it a coincidence that doctors, that hospitals, even if you go inside the hospital, for example, on joint replacement surgery, it is not three-day hospital stay under Part A. It is outpatient care under Part B. Well, there's no such thing as Part A excess charge, but there is a Part B excess charge. That's not even to mention the fact that there are today doctors that charge the Part B excess charge. And some people say, okay, well, that sounds unfair. That's, you know, people like being like too greedy on the doctor's part. And I just tell them, look, let's just pretend that that's your grandchild, primary care physician in small town America, minus $300,000 in educational debt. And this extra 15% is legal. What do you tell your grandchild? Right. So, yes, I can understand it can incite fury or anger or disgust or distaste, if you will, of doctors that charge the Part B excess charge. Yeah, until it becomes your grandchild, then it becomes totally understandable, right? Okay. so I'm not going to solve I'm not going to solve the probability here of you facing a Part B excess charge. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a crystal ball, right? However, what it does point out is some central principles about the way that people look at Medicare and compare these two Medigap plans, which look and feel quite similar. They look and feel quite similar. And I can understand that 
and people want to keep the $20 a month. I get it. I get it. That all said, you can see I've taken away 12 of those, 10, more than half of that $20, right? So now you have a $10 difference. And then somebody says, well, it's still cheaper. I said, yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, it still could be cheaper for you in the instance that you don't fire, that you don't get charged the Part B excess. That is true. Then I have to ask you the following counter question. And my question to you and to people is, look, if the sticker price difference between Plan N and Plan G is that valuable to you, and I'm not casting judgment on what you're going to do with that money or what you need it for, I'm not. But what I'm saying is that, look, if I really need to save the $30 a month for plan and purchase plan N instead of plan G, then my question, my follow-up question is going to be, why aren't we more aggressive about it and going to Medicare Advantage, which can be $0 a month in, many lo- in most locations in the country, and not only $0 a month, but PPO as well. You see what I'm saying? So in in other words, people try to use a set of logic and have tried to say, well, get plan N because, you know, it has no network, et cetera, et cetera. And those I those are there's no dispute about that. I'm not disputing any of that. But if people's financial reality is such that you're trying to nail down your premiums down to this thirty dollars and of which is going to erode, right? As soon as you go to a doctor's office or you go to an emergency room and it completely disappears and many times the $30 difference disappears if you face the excess charge, from my example. And the reason I bring this up is because this is because people don't understand what insurance actually is, right? Insurance is not an investment in your educational background, right? Where you're trying to get a return with some certainty some time later. This one is an option that whose payout only comes to fruition under certain events, right? And when you are analyzing options, you go back to my phrase, for those who have listened here on the podcast or watch YouTube videos or see me in person, the way you do this is simply follow the cash flow. You simply follow the cash flow. And I've done this for you, right? Which is, yes, under plan N, you kept 30 extra dollars. True. Now what happens? Now it starts to trickle out when you go to office, visit, or emergency room. And then it floods out if you get hit with a big excess charge of $4,500. And the way to think about options then, okay, yes, my that was my downside. What was my upside? My upside was $30 a month, $360 a year. And only if I never went to the doctor, never went to the doctor, never went to the emergency room never faced an excess charge, basically. Then yes, 
you collect $360. This is the way that actual financial products need to be set side by side. It's not only, well, what do I get? But what's my upside? Your upside is capped at $30 a month by choosing Plan N versus Plan G. Okay, I had to go at very, very high pace because the reality is that if I tease out every last point to the nth degree, we're talking about two-hour podcast, which I don't want to do. You don't want to listen to it either, and that's understandable. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Give it a five-star rating so someone you know or someone you don't know can discover the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. I'm Jay. Thank you so much for listening. Speak with you next time.